wow. Wow. I cannot believe that we are back again here on episode seven more than anything. Because I I feel like it's been quite a while since I've recorded. And I think that's because I cheated a little bit and I extended the conversation with my ex into two episodes. Which was, of course, it was smart to do so. Uh, because the episode, the first the first part in itself was like extremely long for the type of podcast that I'm doing. It was an hour long. So I felt like it was a special day. It was a special event. And having such a magnitude of a guest on this podcast early on deserved for you guys to have such a long episode. Let me tell you a little bit about what almost ended up happening last week on last week's episode. Because when I started editing part two which is was last week's episode, at one point during the editing, I almost pulled the plug on it. Like, I felt like it was so personal. It was something that I don't think I've ever really thought about putting out there into the world. So when I was, start, you know, when I was listening back to this, it was very personal. And I think that there were so many things and stuff that neither one of us had said to each other that... I just felt like it was better kept between us instead of just kind of letting it out into to the world. And I'm sure it, it would be entertaining as hell to put out there, but there was something in me that just felt like I didn't want to do that. So if I'm being honest, the second part of that conversation was also about an hour. And I decided to remove so much of what, of what really felt like it was intimate, what felt like deserved to be kept between me and my partner. And I think more than anything, the way to describe it, it was it almost felt like you were listening to a therapy session between two people, but in a way that was not something that I wanted out into the world. So I think needless to say, there is some audio out there that I vaulted and kept a secret that who knows, maybe one day I'll release, but at this time, in in the stage of what my podcast is, it's not something that I wanted to release. You know what, actually, let me say this, because I feel like it's very similar to a certain topic in a certain situation that many of you keep constantly asking me about every single week, and it's something that I, up until this day, don't want to talk about because it's personal. I think when certain things are very personal to an individual, there's things that we just don't automatically go and talk about on the radio or my podcast. So I think it's very similar to that. When things are personal, it's not something that we just want to throw out into the world. Not yet, at least. Because it's personal. It's stuff that, yeah, absolutely, maybe should not be personal. But the way I feel and the way that I'm, I'm going to go about it, it's not the time for it. Because I feel like I have to make peace with those things in order for me to then come on here and talk about them, you know? So I think some of you may know what that's referring to. And if you don't know, well, you know, we'll find out one day. But yeah, so but I'm just grateful. I'm glad that you listened to last week's episode. I'm glad you guys were so receptive of it. And I can't believe that till this to this day that I mean, it makes sense, honestly, because you guys are nosy motherfuckers and I love it. But that was my most popular episode so far. So maybe I should have her back. Maybe I'll bring her back where we're we're not talking about us, you know, and just kind of get like get a different perspective of that dynamic relationship that we had. But anyways, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on this week. 
Okay, so on Thursday of last week, if you are an AT&T customer, then you know what I'm about to talk about. Uh, but if you're not, then you maybe, not, you maybe didn't even notice, but you probably saw it online. But AT&T got hit with a power outage or some sort of issue outage. I don't know what happened, but their AT&T service was completely down to the point where people could not make phone calls, text messages, or access the internet whatsoever. And I only came to find out about this because I woke up, my phone was working fine, perfectly great. I didn't, I didn't even realize, right? But I'm also at home with Wi-Fi. But I wake up and my, my, my dad is in the hallway and he's just like, yo, if you're going to the office, make sure that you um, download download the, the map to get there. I'm like, how the fuck do I download a map, bro? What do you mean? What are you talking about? Uh, and that was because his boss was flipping out that he couldn't get directions to where they needed to go to work which i thought was funny because it reminded me of a little movie that came out late last year called leave the world behind now if you have not seen this movie i'm gonna try my best not to spoil it which i don't think it's a spoiler if i just give you the premise of what the movie is about but this movie leave the world behind it's on netflix you can go watch it and then come back and tell me what you think but this movie the premise of this movie it's based on a novel and it's about a cyber attack on the united states where they attack our communication systems and just completely destroy the way that we communicate, access the internet, or have any sort of access to technology, right? And the whole premise and the story behind it just really centers around a family uh, at a vacation home, a rental vacation home in a very remote area of, I think, New York. And suddenly, out of nowhere, there's a knock on the door and it's the homeowners coming in basically saying like, yo, there's a blackout in the city. A lot of shit is happening right now. Things are getting cha- like chaotic out there. Can we please stay? And so this whole movie is just kind of a situation relationship between these two family trying to survive in this new crazy world that's becoming very unsettling. And people just lose their minds because they have no access to any internet or any communications or Simply to put it best, there are cell phones, which is, you know, our cell phones are everything that we ever have. It's our contacts, our pictures, our internet, our computer. It's everything, right? So when they take away this things, these people, they don't know how to react. And I was just like fascinated by the way, the way, I think if you watch the movie, the ending is a little bit of a letdown, but I did find it so interesting that there would be such an, an idea that people were reacting this way. And I thought it was a little bit far-fetched until Thursday happened. Because when the cell phones went out, it was so wild and so chaotic to see how many people were losing their minds that they couldn't call, that they couldn't text, that they couldn't do anything. I even saw a, a viral video of this older man who goes to AT&T and just starts yelling at the employees to figure out a way to fix this. Like, what the hell is a... an hour employee supposed to do? Like, are they supposed to go and climb the fucking tower and fix it? Like, it makes no sense why so many people got so upset at AT AT&T employees at the stores, more than anything at the stores. Like, absolutely, you should be mad at AT AT&T for allowing such 12-hour disruption of your service, but it's your fault for having AT&T. Like, what's wrong with you? Um, But no, but here's the thing. Seeing the way that people reacted to not having cell phones for literally 10 hours was baffling. Like, it truly shows you how addicted people are to their cell phones. Like, even including myself. Like, remember I told you guys that I had to go on a hiatus away from social media, away from everything. 
And it was because you get so addicted to checking those things, to checking your cell phone, the ability to get on the internet at any given time, the ability to check in with anyone at any given time. Cell phones have become like a a fifth limb to us. You know what I'm saying? So like when you leave your house and you forget your cell phone, it almost probably feels like you left a part of you at home, that, that big part of you that you're constantly checking all the time. Like I know people around me that we're hanging out and they're always on their cell phone or they always got to be checking in their phone. And it's it's this weird addiction that we all have, but we don't all realize that we have it and how dependent like cell phones should literally be a tool, not something that we're just checking constantly every single time. And so when you saw Thursday, what happened, the way people reacted, it made the movie seem not so far fetched from what reality could be. Can you imagine tomorrow we wake up and everything in the world just completely shuts down? Like there's no Internet, there's no laptops. There's no cell phones. There's no technology whatsoever. The only way, like, like say you go back into the 1800s of what it was like to communicate with people. Like, I absolutely don't think I would talk to anyone. Like, I'm at that point even now with having cell phones where I don't like texting. I don't like talking. It, it's very hard for me to make plans with anyone. So if cell phones go away, I mean, that's just another excuse for me not to communicate with people. But from what I saw on Thursday... If all of our technologies were taken away, people will lose their effing minds to the point where I do believe that we would. I'll start. Either two things will happen. Either what happened in the movie will happen where we just all start attacking one another or we all just form a kumbaya circle and start singing along and loving each other and just making out with everyone. You know what I mean? It's one of the one, two things can happen. We either come together as a community or fucking hate each other based on what these algorithms have already implanted in our minds. All right, let me tell you what's been going on and where I was going on Thursday that the office that I was going to. Um, Your boy, I think I mentioned it about two weeks ago or so, but your boy got a new job working from home. Pretty fucking exciting. Pretty cool. But here's the thing. And I hope, I really, really hope that my employer is not listening to this, but getting a job working from home has been a struggle to get accustomed and used to and just acclimate to the situation because I think home for me has always been home, right? The space that I have where my computer's set up and all that stuff where everything I do on my day-to-day basis has always been kind of my hangout spot. It's kind of been my, my chill spot. This is where I go to play video games, edit the podcast, work on the podcast, just browse the internet, whatever it may be. And then obviously like my whole PC setup is in my room, right? But then suddenly this chill spot, this hangout spot transformed and changed and shifted into a work area, a workspace, an office, if you will. So getting used to working from home and shifting this space into, you know, what that that work area has been something that's been difficult to kind of find that flow, that rhythm, and just kind of get used to it, right? And, you know, Thursday is one of those exceptions that kind of takes you out of the routine that I love, that I enjoy, where I have to go into the office and go shoot some more videos to edit. Because I guess if I can give you a little bit of detail on what I do, I work for a company um, where I just help edit their social medias. I help do social media for them. I come up with ideas, record them, put the, put them out there, right? So that's kind of what I've been doing. And honestly, it doesn't require me to be in an office. It requires me to go in maybe once a month, shoot a content, and then just come home. And, and you know, I work alongside a team. It's not just me. It's a whole team. It's a whole, like, network and a whole system that I'm getting myself 
used to becoming a part of. So that's been a unique transition in my life that that's been a struggle to navigate because it's also really taking me out of making this podcast and keeping up with the podcast in the way that I was early on where, you know, I had a routine, but that routine completely shifted to getting used to figuring out a way for the new schedule, working from home, finding a time to like also go to the gym and all that stuff. So the balance in my life lately has been a damn struggle. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you work from home or any of you work from home. And if you do work from home, let me give me some advice. Give me some tips on how you do it, because I do want to get more efficient at it, because there's there's times where I'm I'm here on the computer editing something, working on something. And then, you know, my dogs will start barking or my mom comes home and I go out into the living room and my mom wants to have a chat. So now we're talking about whatever and or the dogs start barking and then I go check on what's going on and then I get distracted for another 20 minutes or if I go to the bathroom I'm sitting on my toilet for like 15 minutes because I I forget that I'm in the comfort of my home but I'm also at work so I gotta get back to work right so that's been I think the hardest thing that uh, I've been dealing with for the past couple of weeks and um just getting familiar myself with that so yeah if you have any advice if you work from home how do you do it uh, what are your advice? What are your tips? How do you like concentrate uh, on, on doing your thing and just kind of, you know, being a good employee, I guess. I mean, I'm not a terrible employee. Don't get me wrong. I've been on top of my shit. I've been killing it. I've been doing a great job. And it's, you know, it's just, again, you're at home and distractions can be very easy, but I've been, I've been killing it. I've been doing my thing. I think it's just definitely a shift. And again, finding that balance, uh, especially, you know, after leaving the show, I don't know if many of you know, but I didn't have a backup plan. There was no backup of this is what I'm going to do next. or this is where I'm going next. So when I left, there was five months of me just kind of bouncing around different jobs. And that's when I started landing jobs at the brand ambassador stuff that I talked about. So that's kind of where my whole life has been, you know, the five months of me just kind of figuring out shit and what am I going to do next? And what, what, what is my purpose in life? And what is the plan? What are the goals? What is my ambition? Am I still hungry for the thing that I want to do? Am I still wanting to pursue radio? Or am I still wanting to pursue TV? You know, so it's been a journey of trying to find that routine and, and, you know, getting back again to working with a team, uh, with a group of people who are talented and, and are wonderful and also just learning so many new things like video editing that I didn't really know. So that's kind of been fun. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this next chapter of my life goes. I think one of the things that I took away from the experience of everything that I've I've kind of put myself through and this in the situations that I'm constantly in, if you will, uh, for good and positive, like, you know, the situation of being a, a part of the show was wonderful, was great. It had its downfalls. So the situation of going to college, it was great. It was wonderful. It also had its downfalls. And I think when I've been in those stages in my life, I'm constantly always worrying about the future and where I need to be like that. I'm never fully, I feel like present in the moment and enjoying the things that I do to like enjoying the journey to my destination. I'm always focused on the destination of things, but never really enjoying the journey. And I think this time around, I feel like I'm really enjoying the process, the journey to my final destination, if you will. Uh, so, but yeah, no, I think the, this whole process of the last couple of weeks of trying to get used to something new has been fun. Working from home has been fun as well. I think I enjoy that so much more than having to wake up and drive somewhere. 
Uh, so that's kind of nice. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. There's a comfort of being home. I like it. So, uh, I guess just, you know, good luck to myself on this next chapter of my life and let's see where it goes. So yeah. Okay. So this is kind of the part where, um, I'm going to get serious a little bit because I think this next topic that I have, I think is a very political issue. Uh, that I'm unfortunately I'm a part of and I feel like I got to say my piece and I'm a little nervous because I do feel like when it comes to certain things of politics it's very much opinion based and not much factual stuff and I don't want to be the type of guy that's just more on opinions because I don't know a lot of shit about things I generally don't like to read the news I feel like it's depressing as hell and I already have a pretty depressing mind uh, so I don't want to feed myself these negative things by looking at the news and constantly like you know checking the the internet and whatnot so the reason why i'm talking about this topic and touching on this issue is because what the news has been focusing on so heavily and so much and i understand and i get it so i think if you haven't been watching the news but i think it was pretty big news but this past week a young girl by the name of Lakin Riley, a college nursing student at the University of Georgia, was found dead after she went for a jog on the campus, right? And up until this point, I think it took them a while for them to find a suspect. And it turned out to be an undocumented immigrant from Venezuela who took the life of this girl. And I'm not here to fucking defend this guy. I'm not here to be on this guy's side in any way, shape, or form. Okay? Up until this point, the thing that caught my eye, and I'm recording this on Saturday. So, basically from what I know so far and what I've been able to read on news networks is this guy killed this young girl and apparently has absolutely no connections or ties to her whatsoever. Which, it's a little eyebrow racing, right? It's a little confusing because the way that the police are describing this is that it was likely a crime of opportunity, which could absolutely be true. Like, this motherfucker could be psycho, crazy, whatever, right? But there's to this, to this moment, there's still no, not much evidence that he was really the one behind it. I, I'm confused. I'm genuinely confused, and I wish I had more information because I'm trying to figure out how they tied it back to this guy other than the fact that he just fit the description of the suspect because if that's what they're going based off, that's kind of wild. That's kind of absurd because how many times in history has that happened where you arrest someone based on a description and it's not even the right person? Like what justice is that being served there, you know? Now, of course, what the news and what the world and, you know, most news networks have focused on is the undocumented part. And it bothers me and it pisses me off because now we get into an argument of, look what these undocumented people are doing. Look what they're, da, 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 right? So it, I think it shifts the focus in the conversation into something that absolutely has nothing to do with the murder of this young girl. To blame other immigrants who have been in this country for all the shit that happened that's bad in this world. And again, again, I'm not here to defend this guy at all. 
All I'm saying is that there are more than 850,000 at least undocumented immigrants who have been paying taxes, who have been working, studying, and providing and giving back to this country. Immigrants who are now adults who were brought here to this country as kids. And look, I feel like I can say this as someone that's undocumented, but right now, what the current administration has been doing and the way they've handled the influx of immigrants from other countries is just not okay. Giving them so much when they haven't really proven themselves, like when people like myself who have been in this country for years paying thousands of dollars to be here, to be eligible to stay in this country every single time, to provide an extensive background, to make sure that I've never been in any sort of legal trouble, to get my hands scanned and fingerprinted every time. Oh, and not just that, but also paying my taxes, paying for a social security number that I'm not even eligible to get benefits from. There are hundreds of thousands of immigrants in this country who have proven themselves year after year for decades. So the problem shouldn't be blamed undocumented immigrants. The problem has been and always will be and continue to be and only get worse. The problem is the broken immigration system that this country has is completely broken. It's so fucking broken, it makes no sense. Why is my aunt who has been in this country more than 20 years still waiting for just an interview to become a U.S. citizen? Why has it taken more than 22 years and yet you have someone less than six months into this country have some sort of documentation? The process in which they are taking in asylums right now is absurd and it's wild and it's something that I have a hard time comprehending and understanding because when my family came here looking for asylum, it was a process of having to go through extensive background checks, extensive immigration interviews, and just proving that we could be here to do good. But I think it's just so heartbreaking and it's so frustrating that the news always constantly focuses on what one person does and what one individual does in that group. And that's what they're going to hold on to when you have over 900,000 undocumented dreamers who literally paid to be in this country every two years, almost $500 every two years for the last 12 years, including myself. Do you know the extensive background check that each dreamer goes through in order for them to continue to be eligible in this country? The fact that you can't make more than three misdemeanor mistakes without getting your shit removed and revoked. People don't know that we pay so much for literally what feels like a membership to this country. So I guess what I'm trying to say is to blame a whole group of people for the actions of one individual is unfair. But I also understand and I get it. Taking the life of someone who is innocent, who was going to be a nurse and give back to the world and provide. It's awful. It's disgusting. It's it's heartbreaking. And I think it's something that I wouldn't wish anyone to go through. And more than anything, it's heartbreaking for parents, for any parent to, you know, bury their kid. So I really don't want anyone to take this as me defending this guy in any way, shape, or form. But I think it's more than actually defending the a group of undocumented immigrants who have been in this country for so many years. And I think, you know, we get hate and we get told all these awful things 
uh, out of the actions of one person. And, you know, I do hope that they find justice for the family of this young girl. And my condolences uh, to them. Okay, keeping it a little bit into that political side of things. I don't know if you guys saw, but Bukele gave a speech uh, this past weekend. Or this past week, I should say. Uh, at the CPAC. Which, honestly, bro, I had no idea what CPAC was. So I had to find it. I had to Google it. And it stands for the Conservative Political Action Conference. Uh, which I guess is a conference that Republicans and conservatives have to do what? I have no idea. I've never heard of this thing, bro. Uh, that's a, li- Listen, again, I'm going I'm to say what I said earlier. I don't like listening to news. I don't like to watch news, especially when it comes to like political stuff and when it comes to like presidential stuff. I'm aware of some of the things that both Biden and Trump are saying. And bro, let me tell you, let me get into this real quick because we're going to talk about Bukele. But first, let me say something that I've been holding on to for dear life. But at this point, I'm just going to say, (sighs) you guys, I'm a fucking ageist. I legitimately hate old people. And this may be a byproduct of the simple fact that I didn't grow up with any grandparents and didn't really have a lot of old folks in my life. And look, you know what? I'm not even going to touch fully into how I feel about old folks. But all I'm going to say is this. There should be an age limit as to what a president should be in this country. Like if pilots are forced to retire at like 55, 60 or something like that, then we should force some of these folks in Congress and any political offices to retire at a certain age. Like, especially for president. Let's just put it this way for president. The president is in charge of the military. So I truly believe that the president of the United States should be able to run a mile in under eight minutes. And I think I look at these two motherfuckers and I know for a fact none of them are running a mile in in under any 12 minutes. I think the president of the United States should be fit. Yes, I think the president of the United States should be young, should be someone no more than fucking 60 years old, dude. Someone that's like up there, but not yet up there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think at 60, you've already dealt with all of your shit in life and you're already at a point where you know and you're aware and you're more mature, quote unquote, because I hope that even when I get to 60, I'm still not mature. You know what I'm saying? But. Am I wrong for thinking that the president should be young? And maybe it goes back to Nayib Bukele. Look at this man. Look at this handsome, beautiful man. Young, hip, cool, wear his hat backwards. Comes out looking all suave when he walks onto the thing. He knows people love him. He got 84% of votes. You look at this young dude who in five years completely changed the murder capital of the world to the safest country in Latin America. And if there's something a lot of Salvadorians feel right now is fucking pride. Being proudful that this country that we all knew was damn beautiful is now available for the world to see. That's what this young president did for this country. He realized what the issue was. And I think, honestly, the problem that this country has is that we don't have enough young folks in office yet. Watch, the moment that we start to have more millennials and Gen Z in offices, I think things will start changing. Uh, But look, okay, no, let's go back to what I really wanted to talk about, which was 
Naibu Kelly's speech at the CPAC. <clears throat> I think there's a lot of things that this man pointed out and kind of made my view on how we handle things as a country and the way we're going is very divisive and it can definitely lead into a very civil war situation. And more than anything, I think if you have the opportunity to go listen to this speech, the last five minutes of his speech are the most shocking thing you'll most likely hear, but it also makes so much sense. The simple fact that taxes are an illusion and the way that taxes work to give us common folks an illusion that we're the ones funding the government when in reality they're the ones funding themselves because they're able to print money and then just buy Federal Reserve bonds to credit give credit to that money they printed is kind of a ridiculous idea and cycle that makes a lot of sense, to be honest. And for someone of who I truly trust to come out and say that publicly, and especially in front of so many powerful people and in, in the platform that he had was absolutely beautiful to watch and to see and to again let's go back to it to see someone so young be able to deliver and talk and give a great speech without looking lost in what they're trying to say uh it's just absolutely beautiful um and i guess i'm just proud of el salvador let me tell you the last thing i need to talk about today is an idea for a brand new podcast what? Romeo, you're already planning on doing another podcast? Listen, I know. I'm getting ahead of myself, but no. I think I had an idea the other day of a podcast that I think would be just absolutely fun, wonderful, and great. And it's a podcast that's it's going to be completely different than what I'm currently doing with this podcast. Like, it's all going to be in Spanish. I have a name for it. I'm not going to disclose it, but... Look, I just want to put it out there because this week I realized that when you have an idea, and I've heard this before, when you have an idea in life, execute it, go after it, seek it, find it, figure out a way to make that idea possible for you. Because what happens is that that idea, if you don't make it work for you, that idea then goes on to someone else. It travels in the world and someone else will find a way to make it. Let me let me give you a little detail of why I'm saying this. Because recently I found out that I had an, an original idea for a podcast. Uh, and I say originally before Just Romeo. I had an idea for a podcast that I never really truly went through with it. For X, Y, and Z reasons. For the fact that I kind of knew... That wasn't going to be a long-term thing. I didn't execute it. And I came to find out that the person that I had a conversation with about is now doing that podcast. And in any other circumstance, I feel like I would be really angry and upset. But to be honest with you, I think the idea and the concept of that podcast uh, it was something that I could no longer do. So the fact that someone else is doing it is great. But it comes to show, I think it, it truly is that way. If you don't do your thing for you, I think someone else will do it. Someone else will find that idea and do it and beat you to it. So I feel like it's this idea of creating a whole new podcast fully in Spanish. And I think the here's 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 what I'm going to tell you. The idea came from a family member who doesn't really know English and straight up was just like, I listen to your podcast. I have no idea what you're saying, 
but I like it. I like your voice. And I was like, thanks. And it gave me the idea of wanting to create something all in Spanish. Well, not only for the Spanish folks, but also for me to practice my Espanol. So I'm super excited. I got an idea of what I want to do. And it's coming soon, guys. It's coming soon. So I just wanted to share that with everyone uh, because I'm excited to start working on that as well and kind of follow that process alongside with this podcast. And yeah, that's it for me today, you guys. Uh, thank you for being here for episode seven. I appreciate you every week hanging out with me and just having a great time. So I hope you have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. Enjoy it. Get some drinks halfway through the week or today. It don't matter. Enjoy it. Have fun. You only live once. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what I'm saying. I think that's my cue to go. So I'll see you guys next Monday. Have a wonderful week. Bye.